Welcome to another episode of Flicks and Chill, a movie discussion podcast. I'm Kev. I'm Cal. And today we're taking a foray into the 2020 movie landscape and recommending some of our faves. Of course, we'll do our monthly recap. Uh, We're going to tackle our homework assignments as usual. And then we're going to move into Cal and Kev's Hot 9 recommendations of 2020. It's all coming up next on today's episode of Flicks and Chill. All right, Cal, we're back. Happy New Year. It's 2021. Uh, I think, (laughs) funnily enough, a lot of people, everybody in the whole world is probably happy to say um, sayonara, hasta la vista to uh, 2020. And now we move forward into 2021. Um, I expect it to still be challenging, especially for the first half or more. Um, it is. It has been funny to see people being like, all right, it's 2021. Things are all good now. And like, they're not really all good. <laughs> yeah, everything's better. Everything's back to normal. <laughs> but um, I guess it's the rollover of a new year and everyone will be hoping that this year um, will be a lot better than last year. But happy new year to you. And uh, how are you doing? Thanks, man. I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I've been on like winter break for the last pretty much two weeks. Uh, and so now I am going back to work on Monday and my sleep schedule is not ready for it. So that's chill. I'm going to really shock the system tonight and go to wake up early tomorrow, but you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be good to watch a ton of movie this movies this month. Yeah, same. And same for me with the work schedule. I've been um, sleeping in every day. And uh, so it'll definitely be a bit of a shock to a system. But yeah, 2020, Callan, it's kind of an up and down, like, you know, mostly down, I suppose, when you look at the world as a whole, of course, but uh, um, been a wild roller coaster year. And as far as movies go and movie theaters go, what a bizarre year. I mean, I know for me, if it wasn't for the um, coronavirus pandemic and the lockdown. I know you and I went over this a bit in our very first episode, but it's unlikely that I would have really locked in as many movies and gotten really into it as much as I have, you know, who knows, mm-hmm. but um, it's, I have a hard time imagining that I would have dedicated as much time to it had everything been normal. So um, yeah, I suppose, like you said uh, before the recording, try, just trying to make the best out of a situation, but uh, yeah, 2020 for you, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about the movie movie landscape and movie theater landscape and just sort of how bizarre a year it was yeah i think i mean like movie theaters they're i mean they're not even open in vancouver right now um yeah. but for me like on a little personal side of 2020 um i think it's become cliche to say that like 2020 was an awful and horrendous year um and even though that like that gets said a lot there's a lot of truth to saying that 2020 sucked. And for me personally, it was a difficult year. Um, But like a bright light in all of it has been watching movies and creating this podcast is something that I'm gonna think about when I take some time to look back and reflect upon 2020. Um, Because uh, all this like movie watching and like talking about them has probably been the best part of my year. it's been a year where we've like lost a lot of the normal ways and how we connect socially with each other. Um, and I think that movies have helped me personally, like it's, it's like helped serve as a way for us to like maintain friendships and it's helped me uh, maintain my overall level, uh, levels of sanity. Um, so I just wanted to like say a big, right off the top, like a big thank you to all the people that have helped 
me stay connected with them, uh, whether it's like just through like texting during a movie um, or it's like people that I've had like casual conversations with um, because we've recommended something on this podcast. Um, One of the coolest things for me has been, you know, we might talk about a movie and then I'll get like hit up by a friend that lives in Toronto and hasn't I haven't talked to in like three years. And now like on a week to week basis, we're like going back and forth, like now chatting about movies and stuff. So it's been really cool to see how this podcast has like helped me personally stay connected to some people that are just kind of like out there. I think they're really great people, but they aren't necessarily like in my like, you know, tight circle of who I'm usually connecting with. And it's just like a cool reminder that things like this, uh, movies and culture can like continue to bring us together and like can act as something to rally around, uh, when we don't have our usual means. And, um, I think, uh, for me, like the biggest thank you of all has to go to you, Kev. Um, you've been like such a great friend throughout this whole thing. And like making this podcast has been like super fun. And, uh, it like means a lot to me. And, um, you are, you are a, uh, a positive dude. You have a, an infectious soul <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I don't know what your spark is, Kevin, but you, you, you nailed it somehow. So I look forward <laughs> wow. to watching more movies with you in 2021. Thank you, Cal. I appreciate it. And likewise, um, yeah, I mean, you know me, right? No, no negative reviews on this side of the table. So. <laughs> I'm going to find one, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you bring up obviously such a good point. I think it has been sort of an unintended consequence of us doing the show um, is connecting with people that we might not normally have connected with and um, changing how we talk to people. And um, I mean, you mentioned obviously some people that you wouldn't normally have connected with in this way, but you get to connect over movies. And I I'd say it's been the exact same for me, people reaching out to me, people that either have recommendations or, um, they said they listen and they really liked it and they can't wait for the next episode or, you know, whatever it is. And it's, um, I don't think when we went into this, we were like, this is great. We're going to get like thousands of listens and a bunch of people are going to reach out to us that we, that like, we don't talk to that often. I think Hmm. we were like, Hey, we're two guys and we've been talking about movies for the better part of a year. Maybe we should give it a go. And people seem to be interested in what we have to say. Um, and so it was a bit unintended that way, but it's been, um, nothing but positive. So, um, thanks to you, Cal and thanks to everyone who's listening and messaging us. So, um, keep at it. But, uh, yeah, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about 2020 movies that we kind of wish we could have seen in the theater. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll let you kick things off, Cal, because you actually did see Tenet That's in a right. theater. Because yeah. theaters were open for a little bit, uh, and and you sort of found a sweet spot where there was hard, no one in the theater, and you went and watched it. Um, I know we talked briefly about that on our very first episode, but maybe you could talk about that experience comparing it to watching it at home, which we all, which we did together. Mm-hmm. WhatsApp, um, and then some other ones that we kind of would be interested in watching. Yeah, so in October I did see Tenant. It was like around Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I had been I like I really wanted to see the movie. It just like felt some like something that I should do. Um, and I had been I like every day I would check the Cineplex app and I would see 
how many people had like bought tickets because you, you can check that and you can see where the reserve seating is and there was no way I was going to go to a movie theater with 75 people in it uh, but there was like one Sunday on like a 2 p.m. showing where one other person had bought a ticket and I was like you know what I can do this and uh, I think I waited 10 minutes before the movie had actually was like set to start playing and it was still only just one other person so I like bought a ticket went to it um I think we're going to get into the actual experience of like watching Tenet a little bit later but uh that is absolutely a movie theater movie like that it's like huge pumping sound big set pieces like war scenes and action scenes um so you have like written down like 10 minutes of movie that you wish you could have seen in theaters. And like, that is the definition of like a movie that I think should be, if you get the opportunity, see that in a movie theater. Well, so we watched it, uh, you like with a bit of a group watch on, uh, via text. And, um, it's funny because again, we're going to talk a little bit more about tenant later on, so I'm not going to dive too much into it, but exactly what you said, it's so loud and it's so like, thumping you know it reminded me obviously of christopher nolan other christopher nolan's other movies like interstellar or mm-hmm. uh inception inception as far as like movies you would want to see where like the screen takes up your whole vision and it's like smacking you in your ears and your eyes and um i mean i thought the movie was really good it's definitely a bit of a mind fuck but um i like i like your how you decided if you were going to go watch it like you decided that one person was safe Two people probably save three, maybe like, because in a massive room, I mean, realistically, you throw a mask on and you go, and there's one other person in there, like, thirty-five meters away from you, and you're in a huge, like, it's well, probably safe. It's like, what's the difference between that and like me going grocery shopping? Well, I suppose the difference between that and you going grocery shopping is you're in for two and a half hours rather yes, than like that's true. twenty minutes. But I, I still think you did it the best you pros- you possibly could have. And I admire you for that. Um, any other ones that you had in mind? I mean, I, actually, I had one. So recently I watched The Birds of Prey. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn movie. Now, I I uh, haven't really seen many like superhero movies in this universe. I don't really gravitate towards them. I know you, you don't really either, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched this. Uh, the movie's great. It's fun. It's like what you would expect from like an action. It's kind of like it reminded me of Deadpool because she's like badass but also kind of like cusses and is like a bit gnarly and and uh but like funny but then it's like action so um i would have been interested to see this one in theaters because it's also big and loud and colorful Mm -hmm. and there and i just think these like superhero movies are also meant to like pop off on a box office weekend you know it's like it's it's so um they're fantastic in the way they're they're presented, and mm-hmm. so I would have loved to see that one in theaters as well. But uh, what about you? Uh, I had written down here "The Five Bloods," um, which is Spike Lee's twenty twenty movie, um, and I think it would have been an awesome one to see on screen because it's it's about four friends that served all during the Vietnam War. And they go back to Vietnam uh, in like in, I don't know, between the time period of 2016 and 2020. And they go back and they're going to go and try and find the 
the remains of like one of their friends who passed away during the movie or sorry, during during their like the time that they served in the Vietnam War. And it's just like visually, like it's filmed in Vietnam. It looks awesome. Uh, they have a bunch of like really cool sound cues where Marvin Gaye is just like pumping through and they're like dancing in a club as like a bunch of like 50 year olds. And I think this one would have been like really cool to watch in a theater. Um, and another one that I had that we're going to get into uh, a little later was The Sound of Metal uh, because this one is dealing with um, the loss of someone, someone's hearing. And just the way they incorporate sound, I think, would have been really cool in a theater setting. Yeah, so. I agree. I mean, we watched that one together as a group watch. And yeah. um, it's shocking when, like, when he starts to lose his hearing and, like, right at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and there, you get that ringing sound and you get the muted, like, muffled tones of other people talk, trying to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I agree that in theaters that would have probably even enhance it further because even when i was watching it at home i was like oh my gosh like it's hard for me to even watch the screen right now because he's trying to communicate with people and trying to hear but it's all stuffed up and muffled and it's yeah that's, it's, it's horrifying it truly is horrifying and i think in a theater it would have just driven it home even more and for a second when i was watching that movie it almost like took me a bit out of it being at home because i started thinking like is this a problem with my sound system (laughs) or is this like intentional and uh i i guess i would just have more confidence in what a movie theater is doing than versus like my like bose soundbar yeah nice nice plug um (laughs) yeah bose you know what yeah yeah (laughs) we're gonna get into more 2020 movies later on uh in our feature discussion so stay tuned for that but let's move on to our homework assignments cal um and for those of you who aren't familiar with our homework um sort of movie club style here cal and i at the end of every episode will assign each other um one movie that we have to watch between now and our next recording so um i know a few people have texted us over the last couple months and being like that's so cool i'm gonna watch them and listen in so we highly recommend recommend um that you listen to or or watch the movies during the next month and prepare just like we're preparing and then you might have a chance to listen in and see what sort of takes we have um what our experiences were what the reflections were so um yeah last month uh i I assigned Callan the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Uh, that's a mouthful. Yeah. And uh, Cal assigned me Good Time. So, Cal, why don't you kick us off and talk a little bit about Guernsey and um, just like what your reflections were from this movie? Um, I quite liked it, and that's why I assigned it to you. And I'm mm-hmm. just excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, like right away, when like pretty early on, you figure out that this movie is about a writer. And in my head, I'm like, oh, so Kevin likes this. Because <laughs> uh, if you don't know about Kevin, he likes any writing montage, anything to do with a typewriter. Kevin's like locked in. So in. Uh, it's insane. Yeah. Um, but I, it, I guess it's a movie like if you want to really boil it down, it's like a, it's about a book club. Um, and kind of like I, I I drew some like comparisons and like similar vibes to what we've got going on right now is like we've got like a couple WhatsApp groups where we're watching movies with people and talking about them and uh, you know we don't have a book club but we have like a little like it's almost like a little movie club absolutely so, yeah uh, so that's kind of like been cool 
that I, for obviously it's been cool for, for, for us and for me, but, um, I drew like a comparison right there. Um, a thought that I had was with the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, they, within like the first like five to 10 minutes of the movie, you learn kind of like why the movie is titled that. And um, I, I almost wish that it, it wasn't revealed right away. I think it would have been kind of like cool to be like, just kind of wondering like, why the hell are we called this the whole time? And <laughs> uh, I think it would have been cool to like have like a little aha moment where I'm like, oh, it's the name yeah. of the movie. And so when it came like in the first like five minutes, I was like, I, do, I didn't necessarily really understand why it was called that, but it was like, oh, that's, that's the is. name. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. So that was a thought I had. And, but it's a feel good movie and I enjoyed my experience with it. And I thought that the star of the movie, Lily James, uh, does a good job. Uh, she's like portrays a person that like people like to be around. Um, and it like gave the actress a second chance in my heart because I think it was last episode where I talked about uh, Baby Driver and the female character like just didn't make sense to me. And she's the actress in that one as well. And so I liked her much more in uh, Potato Peel Pie Society movie versus uh, <laughs> yeah. versus Baby Driver. Yeah, she she kicks ass in this movie. Yeah. And, um, I think she, like, we talked a little off screen before that she suits this type of role better than she does, like, a sort of, like, weekly written, you know, female, like, love interest that's just kind of, like, sort of unbelievable, you know, like, in yeah. Baby Driver. Whereas in this, you're, like, within the first 15 minutes of the movie, you're like, oh, oh, she suits this role just fine, you know, and you know she's going to be in the entire movie and you you know it's awesome. Um, that's I, I think it's really cool that you drew the comparison of, like, our... I mean, again, like you say, like we're not in a world war situation, but we are in no. like a bizarre global pandemic and a shifting society and having our movie watching and our and our whatever social connection you can find is pretty valuable right now. And in this movie, although it kind of happens just like a fluke and it's sort of happenstance, these people created this society and it became like a book club that they really rely on and that's their closest friends throughout the occupation. And, um, and I think that's why the Lily James character is so excited to stumble across the story mm -hmm. because it's extremely unique and an ex extremely unique title of the movie and what winds up being her book in the, in the show. Um, so there's a lot of parallels to be drawn and, um, thanks for giving it a chance. I think it's a, it was one that I was like a little unsure about, but I watched it and I was thrilled. And like you said, off the top, I'm always down for a, um, writer, like kind of feeling lost and then getting it done and getting a sick published novel at the end. It's like yeah. inspirational, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm ever going to like write a novel, but watching other people go through the hustle and then make it happen is so inspiring. And it's, uh, um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Should we check out uh, your movie, Good Time? <laughs> yeah. Should play a music <laughs> clip of the background sound for this whole entire section and see if you guys can sweat. <laughs> um, yes, Callan. Thank you for assigning me Good Time. It's it's a movie that I really loved. I really, really liked it. And um, it's one I probably wouldn't have 
like watched or gravitated towards without your guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who who haven't seen it or or want a little recap, Good Time is a 2017 Safdie Brothers movie starring Robert Pattinson. Um, it is so intense. This movie does yeah. not give you a chance to breathe. If you've watched this 20, uh, the 2019 Safdie Brothers Uncut Gems movie, um, it's it's like a uh, thematic you know sibling where it's yeah. like someone is doing making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, um, and as the audience, you're just stressed out the entire time, like truly mm-hmm. stressed out. And I know the movie's called a good time, but it's anything but. Um, yeah, thanks for assigning assigning this to me. I. I, I would love to get into like the minutia of this movie, but maybe you can just tell me like why you, you wanted to. I mean, it's an A24, so I was like, of course, Cal. <laughs> Cal's got a little bit of a theme going, of course. Mm-hmm. If I'm assigning, if I'm assigning writing movies, and Cal's basically a guarantee to be locked in assigning A24s. Um, Stay tuned. This movie's, Cal. yeah, this movie's really good, Cal. Thank you for signing it to me. Yeah, I mean, this movie like it hits hard, um, and. I think that like there's like a couple set pieces where you you like uh, like I didn't watch it with you Kevin but I could imagine you just be like oh no yes <laughs> like there's there's like I won't get into the details of this one scene but there's like a kissing scene where you're just like no please yeah just chill yeah. and um yeah we were, we were, we were kind of talking about like how this might have brought Robert Pattinson back to the forefront of like our movie watching collective minds. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I was reading a little bit about this and I didn't read the whole article, but I, I saw a quote from the Safdie brothers, the director saying like at this moment in time, like 2016, Robert Pattinson's like out there looking for work, like looking and auditioning and trying to get roles, which is kind of t- hard to believe right now, but also harder to believe like looking back upon him in as like Cedric Diggory and Edward Cullen in like 2008 through 11. He's like one of the most famous actors on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into doing like shorts and indie movies and is like not actually at the forefront of our movie watching minds. And now he's like back and he's in The King and Tenet, uh, The Lighthouse. So he's like back and he's ex- and then he's Batman right now. Right. Yeah. He's about to be Batman. So it's like yeah. it's about it's about as big as it gets for a male lead. Um, so it's just pretty cool to see this 2017 role for good time being like oh he's actually like really sick he's in every frame of this movie essentially Mm -hmm. and um he's absolutely fantastic um the 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 music and the pacing is unbelievably frantic in this movie yeah you're never comfortable no and you really like i was begging for a breath like at some point like 40 minutes in i was like (laughs) oh my gosh can we go somewhere else in this movie where things are like peaceful and it's like, no, they, they never let you get away ever, even for a second in this movie. I will say like uncut gems feels like a more refined movie overall, like probably a right. better movie, but yeah. and there is I mean, it's, moments, it's so good. There's moments to breathe in uncut gems, like a little bit, at least, I mean, not at the end of the movie, like not down the stretch, but there's chunks of time where you're like, okay, like it looks like he's kind of figured it out in uncut gems. And in this movie, it's like the very first scene, the bank robbery and the exploding die. As soon as they're covered in the red stuff, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is horrifying. And then it's just like, they never figured the, you know, 
they never give you a chance to breathe is really what I can say about that. The pacing is so frantic. And then before you know it, it's over and you're like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. You like you need to take a shower. Yeah. I felt like I had a stomach ache. I was like partway through. I was like, oh, can I just take a breather here? Can we cover someone? <laughs> can I we think... cover another side of the story? <laughs> yeah. Like Robert Pattinson's character is like, you know, we're singing his praises, but he's an asshole in this movie yeah yeah there's like nothing redeemable about him like i guess he's like trying to do something good for his brother but really it's his fault that his brother's in like a bad spot in the first place yeah it's he's he's horrible yeah you don't want him to succeed you don't want anyone to succeed you just want it to sort of be over yeah but with all that said it's like really good really good storytelling uh, I, I, I'm extremely impressed with the movie. It kind of reminded me of uh, a movie called Before the Devil Knows You're Dead with Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman. They get into similar, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't think you've seen that movie, Cal, but it, um, it's like the two of them get in a bad situation. They're like in over their head and they're kind of trying to f- redeem it the entire movie, but they just like can't. It's so, the, but it's not nearly the pacing that this has. This is like absolutely fast and furious start to finish. That one's like a bit more of a slow burn, but you can't help but like watching the characters disintegrate and you're like, oh God, like really this is horrible and it's horrible and they're horrible people, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, definitely made me feel thankful for my life, you know, not, it's like, that's one of these, one of my movies where I'm like, wow, like I'm so privileged and thank you for me having like a comfortable, at the very least like a comfortable like living scenario because um, it's anything but during this movie. Right. Uh, let's get into our month recaps, Cal. Uh, yeah. Massive months for both of us. Uh, a combined 79 watches between the two of us. 39 for you, 40 for me. Um, yeah. I well went done. into overdrive. Thank you. I went into overdrive in the last uh, like week or so. Um, and I think obviously being off work and not um, and being just sort of in like Christmas holiday relax mode, I was able to zap like two to four in a given day. Um, and really just lean into watching a bunch of flicks. So um, maybe you can give me some of your highlights. I know you've got some 2021s here um, as like kind of your main highlights. And I know mm-hmm. um, they're ones that we're not going to talk about in our, to- in our like top nine hit list later on. But maybe you could just talk about a couple of the movies you really enjoyed this month. Maybe maybe make some recommendations for our listeners. Yeah. Um, so one of them that I really liked was, uh, I guess, so on Amazon Prime... Uh, the director, Steve McQueen, did something called the Small Axe series where he released five. They, it's like episodic, but they don't follow a storyline throughout all five. And they're all like their own entity. And so I watched one called uh, I watched two of them. But one that I wanted to highlight was called Lover's Rock. And it's like, it's 76 minutes, it's on Amazon Prime. And this just made me want to be in a concert setting. And Kevin, you're gonna have to watch this later because I'm curious to hear what you think about this because it's essentially a, um, it takes place in the, I think it's 1981, the West Indies of the UK and they set up a house party where they move all the furniture out of the living room. They get like a record player and DJ set and microphone and they just have people, They I guess they charge money and like cook food and have the whole community come over and they get dressed up and they dance to like 
really good music in this like sweaty packed living room and it just it's not like a a thing where you're just like wow so much is happening here it's more about like the mood of the actual experience and i just really love they've like two musical sequences where it's 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 so enjoyable just watching people dance to music and that like that's something that i like to do and i haven't done in a while now and uh it like i could feel myself like starting to like move and my hips gyrate when i was watching um so if you miss concerts check out lovers rock um i think it's really cool if i miss if i miss house parties i can check it out as well right (laughs) yeah exactly exactly um another one that i wanted to highlight was the 40 year old version um that's on netflix uh it's first of all i think the name has done it wrong i like obviously it's like a play off the 40 year old virgin and I I think that people might like skip over it because they like make those connections. They're like, meh, whatever. Uh, but it's like a really cool movie. It's about a woman named Rada Blank, who's an African-American playwright who's dealing with gentrification issues in Harlem. And she's finding it hard to tell the stories that she wants to tell now. And she's a playwright who is, she like had some early success but hasn't been able to find success in the last like 10 years. So she's just been like teaching theater and um, she's about to have like one of her plays produced, but at the same time, it's not telling the story that she wants and she's about to turn 40 and she decides that she wants to become a rapper. So it's pretty cool. It's on Netflix. I would, uh, I would recommend checking that out and I think the last one that I'll... Uh, I got two more that I wanted to mention. One is Defy Bloods by Spike Lee, also on Netflix. It's a little long, so it might be a little off-putting to some people, but the acting performances are great. I wouldn't be surprised if Delroy Lindo is in the awards uh, season. Um, I think the Chadwick... It's like a little... You, you get to see some Chadwick Boseman, which is really cool. Uh, it has like some incredible Marvin Gaye songs that just get dropped into it. And I love the actor Jonathan Majors, who you might have seen in a movie like The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, I think it's cool. The the friendships that you see of the four people reuniting to go back to Vietnam, they feel really genuine. And this is another one where it's like, you get to watch four of them just like dancing in a club in Vietnam to Marvin Gaye. And I'm like, yes, this is this is cool because I want to dance in a club. So maybe you're seeing a little theme here. I just want to like, <laughs> I just want to move. I just want to listen to yeah. music. Get this guy, get this guy in a nightclub ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the weirdest movie that I watched all month was a movie called I'm Thinking of Ending Things also on Netflix. Um, It's written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, who's like the writer of The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I actually had like a really bad experience with, and I like, I actually need to go back and rewatch it. I'll watch Um, it Okay, yeah, I watched that like coming off like a breakup, and like to the person who recommended that, like that is not the movie you want to watch right after a breakup. I don't know why they did that to me, but I like, I, I, yeah. So 
I'm going to check it out. Um, but you get like two awesome acting performances by the leads, Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons. And also Tony Collette is like unreal. She's like kind of like playing a mo- mom role back to like her hereditary stuff. Less scary. Um, but it's, it's I like I, I kind of like find it similar to Tenant, where like don't try to understand it as much, but like just try to like enjoy the moment and feel it and the ending is super confusing but it's really cool i liked it i like watched it while making a huge thing of uh spaghetti and meatballs it was an all-day affair yes excellent so those are my recommendations yeah cool Um, yeah yeah that's one thing i was gonna say is like our my december was similar to yours in a sense of like it was probably a mismatch of 2020 watches as we were trying to prepare mm-hmm. and also holiday movies because it was like Christmas time. And yeah. um, so it was definitely interesting. Mine was potentially even more chaotic than yours. Mine was like 2020 watches, Christmas and holiday themed movies and like old classics. And uh, yeah, I had like a wild, a wild month. I was going back to the beginning of the month on my letterbox like diary. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is there ones I want to mention? I was like, wow, I watched that in December. Okay, time is... <laughs> I'm, I must be like inverted or something. Uh, you watched uh, 40 movies. This is the first time you you eclipsed me, right? Yeah, not a big deal. Get used to hey, it. 2021. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I have a few. I think I'm going to talk like I'm going to give a few more recommendations uh, than you did, but talk a little less about each one. Um, rip through them. I watched. Uh, yeah, rip through them. I mean, it's interesting, like when we do this, I'm often like hitting movies that are obviously really like famous and people probably have seen them. So it's less of like a recommendations and more of like, Oh, this month I watched this. Um, and this is how I felt about it because, uh, yeah, like I watched the Terminator one and, and, and T2 this, this year uh, on Christmas day and boxing day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen them start to finish. This is another couple of movies that have been on at like, hotels throughout my ultimate playing career like when we're traveling yeah. and we're in like cincinnati and it's like 8 p.m and we just throw on t2 tbs classic yeah and it's on for like 45 minutes then we have a team meeting then you kind of watch the end so it's like i've never actually watched terminator one start to finish I've, and i don't think i've seen t2 start to finish either but i've seen like nuggets of both and so watching them in full i was like oh this is this is awesome and this is like it's cool to watch those movies that there's so much throwback to Mm-hmm. Um, when I did the aliens in like October, the alien one and two, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Movies like the shining where you're like, Oh, this is where they get this reference. Um, so it's fun to watch, uh, these old classics. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, I'd say, uh, one, uh, one that I watched, it was by, uh, Steve McQueen as well. 12 years a slave, obviously critically acclaimed movie. Um, with like amazing, amazing performances from Chouette Elishafor and Lupita and Fassbender. Um, just, it's, I mean, it's an amazing movie. And um, I just, we just dove into it this this month. And heavy. Um, it's, it's heavy, it's sad. It's, it's like not a fun, chill hangout movie, but it, it, it was, it's really powerful. And um, I really liked Paul Dano in that movie. And I kind of feel like he, he like, um, is similar in a lot of movies. Like he's similar in, uh, there'll be blood as well. Um, as far as like his kind of weird, quiet intensity. Um, I watched little miss sunshine, Paul Dano's in that. And he's like quiet the whole movie. And then like has a freak out and he's Mm -hmm. very weird. Um, little miss sunshine is so friggin' fun. Oh my gosh. 
I, I, I actually watched it and then I had to do something and I paused and I came back and watched the rest, um, this month, but I, I love that movie. I had seen it before, but only once. And, and I, it felt like a brand new watch to me, even though it's relatively new still. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just so lovely and you're just so these, this, the family is so dysfunctional and weird, but it's such a treat to hang out with them for 90 minutes. Um, yeah, and I guess last last but not least, I watched a bunch of period piece romances or just period piece uh, movies. Um, Rebecca on Netflix, I think it's it's like it's got um, Lily James in it as well from Guernsey. She's awesome Army Hammer. It. It's got Army Hammer, uh, I guess, notably from Call Me by Your Name. Yep. Um, and I watched Anna Karenina and Emma. Um, just sort of going through the gambit of uh, of. Um, period piece drama romances the Anna Karenina is one I would highly recommend Cal it's like it's hard to describe because it's not like it's not like so good start to finish but it's it's really nice to look at the entire movie okay and and it's um Kira Knightley in playing a role that she's uh, uh, the master of that she has the monopoly over and uh and it's just like filmed similar to a play in the sense that there's like set changes happening live. Okay. And like, they might be, they might be like talking in like a room with a bunch of people in it. And then the camera like swivels and they're on their own in that same room within Mm. like the same sentence. So there's like weird set playing with, and they walk from one room into like outdoors. Now they're in like a different country. Plus, like when you watch that movie, you had a little like cosplay going on, so you were yeah, getting like course, really into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Carrie has uh, costumes for everything you could possibly watch. And so, um, dressing up in fur to watch Anna Karenina was a real treat. So, um, I enjoyed those photos. Yeah, expect more. Um, <laughs> I had a wicked month. Forty movies is felt like a lot. I mean, obviously, I watched like ten in the last like four days or something like that. So I probably won't be doing that is when I'm, especially when I'm going back to work, but, uh, you know, I could see me eclipsing 30 again in January. It feels like it's just that sort of time. It's like, we're all in lockdown here in Vancouver. Things aren't going to change that much in the next 60, 70 days, I imagine. And I'm probably gonna be watching a lot of movies. So expect some, uh, expect some updates. Um, I do also wanted to mention one movie. I watched hero. It's a jet Lee movie. Um, and I don't normally watch like martial arts movies, Mm-hmm. Um, I know, uh, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is like the, probably the most like famous of them, uh, at least like in our culture and sure. but watching hero was so fun. It was, it's amazing. Like the sword fighting scenes are like insane and, um, yeah, it's just really pretty. It's just amazing colors, extremely deep and rich colors. Um, yeah. Awesome movie would recommend. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about our 2020 recommendations. Kevin Cal's hot nine. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been talking on and off about like 2020 releases for the better part of while we've been doing this. Um, one thing that we should say is we're going to go through nine recommendations from 2020. Uh, they are going to be ones that we haven't mentioned prior or that maybe we've like covered extremely briefly. Um, but 
Cal already talked a few talked about a few in his monthly recap. We're gonna avoid those. We're also gonna avoid ones we've talked about in the pod already. Example: uh, Trial of Chicago Seven. We talked about. We did a whole sort of discussion section on Shit House. Callan has talked about Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always as being his top movie of the year, and hey. we've talked um, a little bit about that already. So we're gonna avoid those three and a few others that we've already given some time and day to, and we're going to. Um, focus on ones we haven't talked about and do a little rollover and a little uh, run through of, um, you know, sort of nine of our favorite movies from 2020 that we've watched that we really recommend our listeners watch in the next little bit. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, no, and uh, for, for the record, unordered. So our boy Dre would love this. Um, <laughs> there's no, we're not ranking these. We're just bringing them up. If you really want me to rank them, let me know because I'm, I'd be absolutely happy to do that. But um, we're just going to, run through some recommendations. Cal, why don't you kick us off? Grab one from the list. We are born lost. Then we're found, but we're all just lost. Am I right? However, okay, Kat, let's darkness. talk about Palm Springs because yes. we both <laughs> love this movie. I think, like, would this be your, like, this is, this is near the top of both of our, like, watches of the year. This so. is my number one. There you go. This is yeah. my number three. Um, one thing I'm going to say about Palm Springs, first of all, it's it's on Amazon Prime Video. So if you have that, free to watch. Go check it out. Um, watch this movie and don't watch it with the trailer. Okay? It's, a, it's like a rom-com. And this movie is better without watching it and like knowing the ins and outs of the movie first and the trailer will give away like a really big part of the movie and it's like more fun if you don't know going into it so that's that's a little suggestion from me i found it like the perfect early quarantine movie uh the chemistry between Kristen melotti and andy samberg is incredible I'm not usually a comedy guy, but this worked for me so well. There's like an incredible montage that's just dedicated to the two of them, like hanging out and having fun. And uh, I think this movie's like really rewatchable. If you've already seen it, go back and watch it again because like you're gonna pick up other little things on it. Um, I rewatched it a couple days ago. I think have you watched this four times? Yeah, yeah, I think wow, so. Wow, my guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched and... it twice. The- like I watched it and then I watched it like the next week back in like April or May or whatever it was. Yeah. And then I've, you know, hit it once or twice since. I there watched it go. this month as well. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so good. Um I think that Palm Springs is like if if you like fun, you'll like this movie. <laughs> So. Yeah, if you want to have a good time, watch Palm Springs. Like, <laughs> if you don't, don't. Watch yeah. something else. <laughs> yeah, you suck, then yeah. don't watch it. Um, yeah, this movie's awesome. I, I've watched it a lot. Um, I know we're not going to spend too long talking about each of these. We're going to sort of blast through them the best we can. But uh, this movie, I feel like I could watch it at any moment. You know? It's, mm-hmm. so, it's so fun. It's so easy to digest. Like, you do not have to work. You know, this is not uncut gems this is not good time where you're stressed out or, or grinding to you it's know this not is tenet. not tenet where you're sweating to try to figure the movie out this is exactly what it is everything is right on the surface and it's great it's fantastic yeah and to like give if i was going to give a, a a spoiler free one sentence description of it 
Andy Samberg goes to a wedding and things aren't exactly what they seem or like some zany things happen. <laughs> yeah. And J.K. Uh, Simmons is awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, so watch this. I, I can't recommend it enough. Okay, Cal, I'm going to go somewhere on the list here. Uh, okay. I, I really want to talk about this one, so I'm bringing it up right away. Um, I want to talk about Boys State. Yes. Uh, Boys State absolutely ruled. Yeah. I, I watched it a couple days ago in, a mor- in the morning. I just sort mm-hmm. of like got up and threw on Boys State. I feel like, for me, documentaries are best watched in like the daytime. Now, okay. that's, that's my current take, because for whatever reason, I can't get over the the hump of be, of like documentary film watching as like as like a thing I want to do with like my evening when I like settle down to eat a snack and watch a movie sure. for whatever reason documentaries even if it's guaranteed to be good like a beautiful sports documentary that I that I know I'm going to like mm-hmm. or boy state for example which like after the first 10 minutes you're like okay this is going to be so good I still can't get there so my recommendation is wake up on a weekend, some some uh, next weekend or something. Whenever you get up, be that uh, 9 a.m. if you're insane or like noon or whatever, like a normal person, and uh, <laughs> throw on Boy State and watch it for the first like little chunk of your day because um, this movie absolutely rocked. And I I didn't really expect it to be like rocket straight up my list, but it is so good, Callan, and. Um, and especially as someone who doesn't live in the United States, someone who lives in Canada where things are different, um, watching this and, and listening to these kids. Wow. Maybe you want to give a little rundown of what it's about. And yeah, and, um, I think I'll, I'll do that. Talk about um, so basically Boise state is a, it's been going on for like, I don't actually know when the first one started, but I don't know. Let's it, it's, it's a, a program time, that happens. Sure. Yeah. Like, let's say at least 30 to 50 years or something. Um, it's a program that happens in the United States. It's like a week long summer camp and every individual state has one. So, and like, you know, people like Bill Clinton have gone and like participated in this and it's like a week long summer camp where, uh, boys go and they simulate the election process of a state government. And so Boys State in particular takes place in uh, uh, Texas. We follow a Texas government being simulated. And it's not like Republicans versus Democrats. Uh, you're it's like two put- fake parties. Yes. Yeah. And like, first of all, like the actual filmmakers got so lucky when they made this because Going into it, they, they just kind of had, like, they were filming it while the week is transpiring and taking place. And they just kind of had to, like, guess upon which of, like, the four main teenage boys they were going to follow. And they really hit it on the head. That's crazy, And they, like, yeah. followed, like, four pretty awesome and compelling individuals. And um, it's, like, really interesting watching, like, seeing how, like, kids, I think, like, they cared less about what their policies might be and more about like just winning and holding power. And, you know, that might be kind of like similar to the governments that we have today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I think it's awesome. I subscribe to the, the Renee fan club. This movie's on Apple TV plus. Um, and you just get like some really awesome speeches and conniving stuff happening between 
couple teenage boys. Yeah, it's so good. It's 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 so like it seems so relevant because it's like mm-hmm. this is how like 17 year old boys would go about winning an election and yeah. then you think about like actual governments and you're like fuck it's not that different yeah <laughs> and, and these guys are using like social media smear campaigns they're having like these little backdoor meetings where they're like kind of telling half truths to each other they're like crossing quote unquote party lines to talk with the other group saying like hey man I actually really respect you but and then they're telling something else to someone else and you're just like oh these little fuckers like and then you also know that like Cal there's a thousand guys boys at this thing it's yeah. like 850 of them are just like playing football, going to soccer and then going to some of these meetings and like learning some stuff at some camps and or at like yeah, some most of them are just there to like hang out, go for a summer camp week long thing, see some see some dudes and like get some dick jokes off or something, you know? Yeah. And like, and like watch some other people run for state governor and then vote or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's so it's so bizarre. I, I love that there was like there's guys that that like instead of like running for government positions which not everyone had to mm-hmm. they like formed the media i was like oh that is so good and they had like a little podcast for their week and they and they like did news recaps of the videos and it's oh so awesome you get a little talent show i think oh it's just going to be really cool because like some of the individuals that you follow like in 20 years we might like see steven running for something in office like awesome. that guy is composed yeah, yeah. And so. he's already like giving speeches at the Houston like youth whatever assembly or mm-hmm. so he's it's, so, it is really cool. Yeah. That that's going to be kind of something kind of cool to follow. And something to note is that girls state also happens throughout every state. And I think that they the creators of Boys State wanted to make a girl state documentary. Oh, so be on the lookout it. for that. I cannot wait. Yeah, let's talk about Soul for a second. And I swear the next thing I know it, it, it it's like he off the stage that guy was lost in the music he was in it okay so the new pixar one you can find it on disney plus um i have watched this three times now (laughs) like all this week almost pretty much yeah so like i watched it once but i was like a little distracted uh, like was getting some buzzes on my phone, so I was like, you know what? I like I want to talk about this movie, but I like I feel like sh- I should understand it a little more. So I watched it again. It's like a fast watch, ninety minutes, blitzed it, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then yesterday, a couple of our friends were like, hey, you want to watch it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, one thing that I think about this movie is like, so Pixar often allows like a children's story or a children's movie to like. Uh, have jokes for adults in it. Um, Like I can remember going to Toy Story with my dad in 1995 and being in the theater and my dad being the person who laughed the loudest. And I think he was just like so excited to be in like a child's movie and like have like stuff. For adults. Yeah. And he's like, wow. So, um, but... This movie feels to me like the most adult focused Pixar movie ever. I think that it draws a lot of comparisons to the movie Inside Out. Yeah. Um, and if Inside Out is like about how you feel, uh, Soul is about who you are, um, which is like a complicated topic. And that's something for me why I was able to like rewatch it. Um, 
because I think, I don't know, for me, I'm still, I'm still discovering who I am. And it's, it's like an interesting thing where, uh, they have the, the Jerry's and the Terry's and like the animation is so good in this. And basically like before you are a fully fledged soul, they're like already giving you personalities traits and like that's kind of a scary concept to think that like oh maybe like everything's not decided by me but like what i don't know it's an interesting thing like what makes you who you are um but like it's such a good looking movie it's and they, they they have like three different like really vibrant uh settings from like the new york setting to the like before life setting to the all like the the gateway to the afterlife um and i just like i I think it's awesome it's the first pixar movie that has uh starred an african-american character um and it has a nicks joke in it that had me killing myself (laughs) yeah yeah this movie this movie's awesome i watched it this week as well um it was great. I like all the Pixar movies typically. Like it's very rare that I watch a Pixar movie and don't like it. But uh, it was interesting to see. Like Inside Out was the first time. I think maybe not like the first time, but like prior to Inside Out, it was like you know Toy Story's toys. Finding Nemo is fish. Uh, a Bug's Life is bugs. Cars is cars. You know. Um, prior to Inside Out, it was mostly like inanimate objects or animals as Mm -hmm. the like main characters of these Pixar movies. So you could really, um, it felt like way away animated it's animals. It's like, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas inside out and then now soul, um, are like people, right. So you kind of have a bit more of that connection, um, to them also. I, I, so I, while I really liked this, I would say it's not going to be that high on my like Pixar list overall, even though I thought it was very impressive. Um, I think I'm just maybe too married to some of the classics like Monsters, Inc. And um, Finding Nemo or two that I like really loved. And I saw Finding Nemo in theaters. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I'm going to give Soul another try. I think the movie, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. But uh, I I was almost hoping like when I was watching, I had no idea what it was about. I went in blind. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning he's like playing the piano and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. And then he like goes and auditions basically. And I'm like, Oh, this is so good. And then he like falls to the sewer grate and the movie completely changes. And I was kind of like, Oh, like yeah. I kind of wanted him to go about his day and then go perform and like kill his performance and like be a great musician. You know, it was like, I was heading down that path of like, I was like, Oh soul. Like he plays with his soul and soul music and he's in and he's going to be like, and then he died. And I was like, wait, Wait, we're going to cover on. Oh, oh, so I, I think like I kind of got like, you know, a little derailed there, a little derailed. And then obviously I liked it. It's a great movie and, and I, will, I will watch this movie again. But I just, was hoping as it was going on. Just so we're clear here, when Kevin says he dies, he dies in the first nine minutes of the movie. Like, right. really, he dies and then you get the, the word starts. soul coming up. Yeah, like that's it's kind of like up where they have this like introduction to the movie and it's like heart wrenching. And, uh, so that's not a spoiler. No. Yes. Apologies. Um, um, yeah. Great movie. Yeah. 
I, I, I guess like it, it, it boils it down to like, what is your purpose in life? Do we have a purpose or is our purpose just to like, just to live and like discover how to live and does everyone live differently or is there a set way that we are supposed to live? Um, and I think those are all questions that, you know, we could talk about that for two hours. Uh, yeah. it, it's like a really like deep philosophical topic that I don't think we need to get into, but I think it's interesting that like a children's movie can make us think about stuff like that. And this movie looks so good. It's so vibrant. I love it. Let's, let's pick another movie and just keep going. All right. Let's see if we can draw a thread uh, going to another music movie. Um, okay. And we're going to go to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I might just quit. Nigga, don't nobody care if you quit. Whose heart you going to break? Levy ain't going to quit. He need to make money to keep him in shoe polish. <laughs> 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 I done told y'all you don't know me. You don't know what I'll do. Uh, I don't think nobody too much uh, give a damn. This uh, one of Chadwick Boseman's last performances. Viol Davis is absolutely fantastic in this movie this mm-hmm. is one we did a group watch um this movie this movie is really good it's funny like this one burst onto the scene for me cal like i i like i like didn't know that much about it and then we were like oh let's watch ma rainey's black bottom and then we threw it on and by the end i was like man this is should i have like been gearing up to watch this movie should i have known that this was coming should i you know like not that i'm like ultra plugged into the hollywood um scene or really know every movie that's coming out but like as soon as i watched this i was like this feels like a bigger deal than i ever thought it was gonna be and um i love i love this movie i love music i love the music in this movie it's like two stories again we're not going to spoil anything during this section so you can feel free to listen but uh chadwick boseman is a musician um who's for a better lack of a better way of describing it trying to discover who he is as a musician but also trying to sell his music but also have control over how he plays his music and Mm -hmm. ma rainey um Viola Davis's character is a like tried and true veteran of the music industry who knows what she's got, controls her own intellectual property, controls her music, and demands what she deserves while they're going through a recording. This is based off a play. Callan, how do you feel about this? Maybe you could talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, I think when you're talking about like the actual control aspect of it, I think Ma Rainey is aware that while she is in control of like her own voice. Uh, she also like isn't in the way that it's like, uh, you know, the black recording artist's story is that so many people's voice has, or like, uh, songs have been like stolen because they don't have the rights to them and it's, they're stolen by like white producers. So she is aware that in the recording process, she is going to control every single thing that she can because she knows she's getting like robbed and cheated elsewhere. So I think that you mentioned that it it's based off a play. The way it's filmed feels like you're in the front row almost like all the shots are like really tight. They're just like two to four people, maybe five people in a singular room. It almost happens just in like two rooms, this whole movie. Um, And I loved it. I thought that there's a Chadwick Bozeman speech near the end that I mean 
we know now from his passing that when he was filming this, he was dealing with uh, battling colon cancer. And he, there's a speech where he's like talking to God and questioning God's role and everything. And it almost feels like that's actually like not necessarily his character, but it's maybe that's like just Chadwick questioning like, why is he the one who's like dealing with this like awful sickness that wound up taking his life? And it just like feels so much heavier once you now, once we now know that he has passed away and it sucks. Yeah. Um, and his like his performance is breathtaking. And I think like I think I don't know. I think he's going to win an Oscar for it. And I I hope that he wins it. I I think it's deserving and he's not just winning it for uh, let's give it to the guy that died. Like he is just so good and magnetic in this uh, in this movie. So check it out. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's so good, and it's a fresh release. I can't recommend it enough. Um, Cal, take us take us somewhere on the board. All right. Uh, Kev, let's talk about First Cow. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a movie that's, uh, that's high on our like list, um, and also, like, rocketing up the, like, Oscar conversation list as well. And so naturally an A24 movie, so Callan's going to like it. Um, For me, okay, so it's like, it's a buddy movie. It's, you're watching a a baker named Cookie. And uh, it takes place in the 1800s. I think it's the 1820s. And uh, you're watching a baker and cook named Cookie and a Chinese man named King Lu who become friends and they just learn to survive in this world, which like it's a difficult time to survive. Um, And one thing that I like about this movie was they didn't make the movie necessarily about like the hardships that these two are like, are like having to endure. Uh, But it's like, it's really like a buddy movie and it's, it's about their friendship. Um, and I find it, it's like, it's such a relaxing movie. It's, it, I keep calling it a buddy movie. It's a buddy movie with nature sounds. Like you can put this on, it's like the calm app. You put it on and you're just going to hear like trickling water, like some little river sounds here, like birds chirping. It's like really beautiful to watch. And then you get to watch this baker make some hot oily cakes. And like, I just want to go eat donuts. And maybe that sounds like a little uh, silly, but they look so good. And I just really enjoy watching these two people get along with each other and find each other. And they're like two people who don't really fit in uh, with the rest of the people around them. And uh, they bond over each other. Yeah, this is a great movie. Uh, we watched it as a group watch uh, via WhatsApp. Um it's relaxing in scenery, but the story is a little stressful for me. I, okay. I just based on how it was going. I also thought it was going to be about a cow a lot more than it was. Me too. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, with that, I, I don't want to give any spoilers because this one, I feel like if we talk too much about the story itself, it gives away any of the suspense of watching this movie. But um, it's it's good. It's good performances. I like that when you introduce the first character, Cookie, he's he's like people rag on him all the time. He's kind of yeah. like a he's Poor kind guy. of like a you know like a beta personality, and he's not really like gets along. He doesn't get along with people, but he found this really true and genuine friendship with King Lou. And, it, you know, it doesn't take long to be like, oh, I'm so happy these two found each other and are doing stuff together. Um, a lot more takes place in, in this movie than I kind of, than like when you just look at it on the surface. It's like, you know, like you said, two, two friends trying to just sort of get by and make some money and sell some oily cakes in a difficult time. But like, it's more complex upon reflection. And I think people... Mm-hmm. I think you would really like this. Everyone should really like this movie because it's 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 calm and it's visually stimulating, but it's um, but it's a cool story and it's cool storytelling. It's interesting because while it's it's like it has like kind of the feel of a slow movie, but it didn't feel like it dragged on for me personally. No, not at all. And um, when you do meet the cow, it's like it, it, it looks great. Yeah. Top notch cow performance. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic cow performance. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. I'm going to go onto the board here and grab something. Um, I'm going to go with Cuties. Okay. So, this is a movie that you and I watched together uh, some time ago, actually. Yeah. And um, it got like dragged through the mud and like really it's polarizing. People mm-hmm. like had a lot of hate for Cuties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a French language movie. Uh, I want my first thing I want to say is when we started watching it, I was watching a dubbed version Mm. and I, and it was, and then I was like, what's happening? Like, why is the dubbing? And then like, I was like, oh, Callan, we got to pause. And then we like restarted and I watched it proper with French and and it's way better. And I'm not like ragging on the people that do the dubbing and stuff. I get it, whatever. But I didn't it's a million times better with French and the subtitles. So if you're like me and don't like love using subtitles, um, I would implore you to make sure you still do that and watch the like true version. Cause it makes it a million times better. Yeah. I think that we should watch a movie the way that it was intended to be watched. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this movie, like we said before, was controversial when it came out and, uh, for over sexualizing youth. Um, I know there's a lot of discussion around this. I don't want to get too much into it and get bogged down with the discussion itself, but no. As far as the actual movie goes, I thought it was pretty powerful because it did speak to like how young girls interact with each other and and kind of get and interact with like media and mm-hmm. and popular culture and social media and how like social media bullying is a thing and um it covered a lot in a short amount of time while telling a story about a girl just trying to meet people and actually feel included and um I actually really like this movie and it's a movie that I thought a lot about in the ensuing like months. So I, that's why I wanted to put this on this list. It's not actually that high on my like favorite movies of 2020, but I feel uh, good recommending it. I feel like people should watch this movie. Cal. Yeah, I think, uh, we both watched it. We both enjoyed it and we were both like definitely aware of the discourse, especially afterwards, we like kind of dove into like seeing what people were saying about it. And I think that those people, they were just like, 
there, there was too much hate for this movie. And I think that like an interesting side of this movie is reflecting on the main character. She wants to be like cool with the in crowd of like these girls who are the dancers and they're like 11 years old and like putting themselves up on YouTube and TikTok. But then also uh, her home life is like a very devout religious life. So she's like really trying to like uh, walk these two different paths and it looks like difficult. And I think that's realistic to what a lot of young girls and uh, are, are doing right now. So Cuties is cool. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Six down, three to go. Cal, take us somewhere on the board. All right. Let's talk about The Sound of Metal. Yes. Um, okay. So this one is on Prime Video in the USA. So if you're like a USA listener, you can check it out. Uh, otherwise, you can find it off YouTube for $6. Um, awesome performance by the main lead, Riz Ahmed. Uh, he's excellent acting. Uh, the movie is about a heavy metal drummer dealing with the grief of losing his hearing. Um, and this movie like really doesn't showcase us uh, or like show us the process of him losing his hearing. It's within like 10 minutes that basically this, this guy who depends. So he's a musician. He depends on his hearing. Uh, he loses it. And, um, it, for me, the movie was really effective at creating like, I don't know. I felt like almost like fear. I was like afraid. Like I was, I was thinking what, what happens if I put myself in that situation, um, all of a sudden I lose my hearing and like, he depends on his hearing way more than like I do. Um, but I think like it got me thinking about that. And like, I, I always like reflect on movies that make me feel and something that I like wanted to like talk about with this movie is I think it is, uh, it's very true to telling a story of someone who has actually gone through uh, hearing loss. And what I did was, so this movie might be my friend Kaylee's favorite movie. Uh, Kev, you've watched uh, like a movie or two with, with Kaylee as well. Um, and something that happened to her is, uh, in like March, she suddenly started, uh, of 2019, she suddenly started losing her hearing in her left ear. And she was in like an excruciating amount of pain. And five days later, she had actually lost all her ability to hear in that left ear. Um, and she she had to go to the hospital. And uh, she actually learned that she had a tumor in her ear. And she's mostly recovered now. Her hearing seems fine. Um, she goes to the doctor every three months. And it's been twice in a row that they've told her that she doesn't need surgery. So she's doing well. Good for you, Kaylee. Love you a lot. Yeah, Kaylee. Um, but like I, I, I called her last night because I wanted to talk to her because I knew that she like really loved this movie. And I wanted to talk to her about like why she loved it so much. And she, for her, she said that like watching him like go through this like experience of losing his hearing uh, felt very similar to her and what she was experiencing. It. And like, yeah, he's doing it with, with both ears, but it was similar to her. Um and so I think that that's like something worth noting. I think it's cool when a movie and their portrayal of that experience is realistic. 
And uh, as well as I did like some reading and like this movie is pretty respectful to the deaf community. Um, and I know that like the actor Riz Ahmed, he spent six months with an ASL instructor um, learning sign language. So I think that's really cool. Uh, I love when different types of communities get highlighted and uh, sheds light on that. And uh, I really like this movie. It's highly recommend watching it. Yeah, absolutely. This was a <clears throat> an amazing watch, um, a co-watch for us, and it. Uh, I mean, I think you sum. I think you summed it up really well, and I'm not going to go too much into it. I don't want to spoil it. I think it also went a direction that I didn't really expect it to go. To be honest, um, if you don't watch the trailer and you just know that he's a um, m- you know a musician, a drummer that loses his hearing, I thought there was a natural direction that I was expecting it to go, and it didn't really go there. And instead, it went somewhere a lot like deeper and more meaningful. So, um, yeah, watch Sound of Metal. Really, really thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, two left. Let's leave Tenet to the last one. So let's talk let's about um, The Assistant. Again, okay. uh, similarly, you can find this on YouTube for rent. Um, I will say, actually, just as a side note, that watching movies on YouTube for rent um, is something I've done more and more this year. It felt like it's a fine way to watch like new releases that aren't in theater or that like you would maybe go see in a theater that instead you can um, rent. So just a, just a shout out there to like formally, I might not have been excited to spend like four ninety nine or five ninety nine on a movie on YouTube being like, what's the point? You know, maybe I can try to s- scam a download or maybe I can just like, wait wait it out whereas like Mm -hmm. when we don't have theaters to go to like i'm fine and i'm obviously more into movies than ever before so um yeah anyway uh the assistant this is a movie that's uh sort of feels like a thematic sibling to never rarely sometimes always um to me personally uh because it followed a uh, follows a young woman working as a assistant in a hollywood executive production company um, mm-hmm. They're not they're not specific about where she works at all, but that's where she's working. Um, it's 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 just one day's worth of her life. Um, it follows her from like sun up to sundown at her job. And boy, is this a tough one. Um, this is a heavy movie. You know, it's not like it's a bit it's hard to it's hard to describe. I feel like they are a bit more they allude to so many things during this movie and don't like hit you over the head with the bad stuff. So definitely while you're kind of uncomfortable watching it, following her life, following her day, um, it's not like they're just showing bad stuff after bad stuff after bad stuff. And she's really got to push through it. They just show her sort of run of the mill work day and the bad stuff's happening off screen. And you're just sort of like feeling the edges of it. Um, this is a, a movie that I'm really happy I watched it's probably not like one that's going high on the rewatchable list for me, but uh, I thought it was extremely impressive storytelling. I thought it was a really good performance by the lead actor. And I think it's an important um, message that uh, exposes a toxic work environment. And, you know, we've been talking about it. Um, It's not directly referring to any specific incident, but I know from, you know, we all know from Hollywood um, that there's these, these extreme power dynamics and uh, production executives, obviously the Harvey Weinstein was an example of this where you've got a powerful executive taking advantage of um, his position to harass and, uh, you know, abuse people and abuse his power 
these women in, in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, a stark description of it without actually showing like someone abusing someone sexually on the screen. There, yeah. It's just, it's, it, com- it comes around the edges and shows the horrible work environment. Cal, what do you think of The Assistant? So I saw this in theaters, actually. I went with my friends Mark and Harry in January, I think, or February. So yeah, it's actually so pre, like one, pre-lockdown. Yeah, it's one of the last movies that I saw before we were locked down. And um, I really like didn't know a lot about it, but I knew that I liked... I. I watch the TV show Ozark and it stars Julia Garner who plays Ruth in Ozark. So if you've watched Ozark and you like Ruth, uh, this is worth watching because she gives like an awesome performance and it's in it's it's cool to see because in Ozark she is like over the top and she's in your face and she's swearing at you and in this one she's so muted and she's just like having to deal with all these awful men in her life and uh she just like for the sake of like hopefully moving up in the world in 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 the job hunt she just has to like do all this stuff that just seems mundane and unpleasant and uh i think she delivers a great performance with with just like like very muted tones and uh her personality in general so i think it's worth watching i I uh, and there's like a really good and climactic scene uh, with like an HR individual that yeah. is uh, not explosive because everything feels like smaller in this movie, but uh, it hit me hard. Yeah, yeah. No spoilers. It's yeah. it's 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 tough, but it's a good it's a really good watch. Cal, uh, let's do Tenet. Give ourselves uh, five minutes on the clock, and then we'll get into our sort of final discussion where we um, wrap up our 2020 a little bit and give ourselves some homework and get out of here. So, um, Tenet. Don't try to understand it. Feel it. What a mind fuck. Um, <laughs> a really good movie and, and a ton of action to look at. Um, uh, a fun time. But, um, you know, I'm still looking at, like, the timelines and trying to piece it all together. Uh, again, I feel like one thing you said to me when you watched it in theaters was, like, I couldn't spoil this movie if I tried. And yeah. that's so well said because we could talk about everything that happens, I suppose, with the exception of the very last scene. Sure. Like, you could talk about everything and not be giving anything away because if you know anything about these this movie, you know, people are zipping back and forth between timelines and moving backwards. And um, just what a wild, a wild movie. But I'm really happy I watched it. Yeah, it's a really cool movie. Um, like we mentioned at the top, like I saw it in theaters and in theater, I was like trying to follow it along. And I actually like pulled out my phone at one point and I was like looking on Wikipedia, like, where are we and why are we here? Why are we in this country? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and there's like a point pretty near the beginning of the movie where like, uh, the idea of stuff happening backwards is explained or is like introduced and the like the scientist who's saying that says like i don't have time to explain and i was just like sitting there like no please tell me what is going on (laughs) yeah um but you know like on a visual level it's it's 
It's awesome. The soundtrack rocks. Uh, people look great. Robert Pattinson and John David Washington are just good looking dudes and their suits are incredible. Um, I found it really helpful to watch this a second time and it's way better a second time. And so my suggestion is if you want to watch it, uh, check it out. Don't get bogged down with like trying to understand how the backwards and forwards stuff works and just try to like feel out the movie. Um, and then if you want to go a second time, it does get better for sure. Um, and, but my biggest takeaway is John David Washington, who plays the protagonist is an awesome action hero. And I look forward to seeing him in other things. He's Denzel Washington's son and like a former college running back. So he's got like the the athletic body to like do some cool action stuff. He's got this scene where he's fighting in a kitchen. It's yeah. awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, and watching him run is fantastic. You're like, that's an athlete. Yeah. I think that's always something I look for in movies, not like intentionally looking for. I think it's just something I like notice where it's like if the if the actor or the actress has to like run, Mm-hmm. it's kind of exposing because sometimes these are people that have done like theater their whole life and like music and theater. And then they're like thrust into a situation where they have to run and they might not be that comfortable in the athletic sphere and like running and like sports stuff is like what I'm mostly comfortable with myself. Yeah. And so it's always like stark when you see someone run on screen and you're like, ugh, they don't run, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, and it's like, not that they don't can't go for a jog, but they're like running for running sake. Yeah. Whereas like when you watch uh, John David Washington, you're like, oh, this guy, this guy moves. This guy yeah. runs like someone who has run a lot in their life. And it's it's awesome. So that's Cal and Kev's hot nine uh, recommendations from 2020. Obviously, we've went over a bunch of other 2020 movies as well. Hit us up if you either like them, hate them or want to talk a little bit about our 2020 ones. Cal, maybe just uh, cap off your 2020 uh, watch list with your sort of top fives. No need for explanations. We'll do our top fives, then we'll assign homework and we'll scoot. Okay, so yeah, my my top five, uh, all movies that we've mentioned on the pod in the past. So my number five would be Boys State. My number four would be Soul. My number three is Palm Springs. Number my number two is Shit House, and my number one is Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. What about nice. you, Kev? Yeah, top five for me. Five, Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, four, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Three, Boys State. Two, Shit House, And one, Palm Springs. Um, yeah, that's that's that for our top lists. Um, I know we talked a little bit about um, movies that we want to see coming up. I know we've talked about Nomadland, uh, Minari. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm interested in seeing, I'm thinking of ending things, the, the, Char- the Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh, Pixar had another 2020 movie called Onward that got a lot less buzz than Soul. Um, but but yeah, I think um, there's a lot of 2020 movies. I, I felt pressured to like watch a bunch before we did this recording, which is fair. But at the same time, you know, the Oscars award season isn't until April. The 2020 season goes until the spring as far as movies are concerned. So I feel confident knowing that I've zapped a bunch of 2020s, but there's a bunch of really good 2020s on the way that I'm looking forward to hitting. Yeah, I really want to see Nomadland and I'm dying to see the movie called Minari, uh, which stars Stephen Ewan. Um, you might know him from The Walking Dead. 
But uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing those. Also, I'll watch Onward with you because I haven't seen that one. Sweet. Let's do it. Okay, homework. What do you got yeah. for me, Cal? Uh, Kevin, have you seen The Florida Project? No, I haven't. Hey, another A24 coming at you, Kev. Thank you. A little a little Willem Dafoe action. I've heard really uh, good things. It's really good. I think I think you should check it out. Sweet. Uh, Florida Project for me. Uh, I'm going to assign you a comedy called The Opening Act. Okay. It's a 2020 movie. You can find it on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's about being like a stand-up comic. And I'm not going to say too much about it, but it's it's fun, it's weird, and it stars like 40 stand-up comedians in it. Okay, Like cool. every character practically is a is actually a stand-up comedian. All right, sign me up. In real life. So um, the opening act for you, Florida Project for me, and that pretty much wraps it up for us at uh, Flicks and Chill. Uh, a happy New Year episode uh, coming to you at the beginning of the month here. So I'm really excited to take on 2021 with you, Cal. I'm hoping we can watch a lot more movies um, together on WhatsApp. And um, just touching on your earlier um, point, thank you uh, to you as well for being a great friend and a great movie watching companion. So looking forward to 2021. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.